I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of John, chapter 10. Going to our foundational verse for the series that we are working in right now on hearing God's voice. John chapter 10, I just want to begin with verse 1. The red letter says, I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. But the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them. When he has brought them out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you again for all that you did in order for us to receive and be filled with your Spirit. And Holy Spirit, when you entered inside of us, I thank you again that you opened up our spiritual ears. I thank you you opened up our spiritual eyes. I thank you that you brought from the dead our spiritual man. I thank you that you are the evidence of eternity on the inside of us. And I thank you that it's because of you that we have the ability to hear. It is you who gives us the ability to see. We recognize that on our own, we could not do this at all, but it's because of you who dwell in us. Give us revelation. Before we begin, Holy Spirit, I invite you again to come and literally possess me, my mind, my mouth, every part of me. I only want to say what I hear you say and do what I see you do. With the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic entity, every demonic bird. I command you to release every person and be outside the walls of this building now in Jesus' name. And Father, I say thank you again that throughout the course of this time, you are going to be speaking words that I am not going to say. I ask that you would empower every person you speak to to hear them, to capture them, and to believe them. Because we believe that one word from you literally changes everything. We ask this believing in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I just want to tell you one of, the, uh, one of the beautiful images I will never, never forget. It was on our second trip to Africa when we were building the church in Masai Mar. We had to walk five miles from where we were staying. Uh, every time had to cross... Uh, across a big river, had to cross a stream, and the, uh, the church was up on the hill. You've seen some of the pictures. But every time we did that, we would walk through flocks of sheep. We would walk through herds of cattle. Uh, we would walk through animals going from one spot to the other. And the people who were out there, their animals were all mixed up. And one time we were walking out, and the shepherd or the cattle herder, uh, when we were getting close to the church, He started walking away, and this is all cattle that were there. He started walking away, and he made a sound with his voice. I'd seen it with sheep, but I'd never seen it with cattle. He made a sound of his voice as he was walking away, and all of a sudden, 
out of this larger group of animals, all his cows lifted their head up and started walking toward him, and all the other ones just stayed eating where they were. And as he walked, his own cows heard his voice and followed him wherever he was going. That's cows. Isn't that beautiful? Now I know back home for me that when I go out and I talk to my cows, they're at, they're at peace. When somebody else comes out in my pen, uh, they get a little bit nervous, and when they talk, they actually move away. It's just amazing how they do recognize the voice. But I will never forget that in Africa. We stood there, we looked at that, and it was like, oh my goodness. Now, the only question, I may have one more when I get to heaven. The only question I'm going to have is why God used the picture of a shepherd with sheep instead of a cows. I, I would have loved the cows to be in scripture. That, that, I'm going to ask the Lord about that, but it's not a big question. But that will be a thought. A few weeks ago, we began the series talking about hearing the voice of God. We laid a foundation. You can go back and listen to it on CastBox. You can pick it up. We laid a, a foundation of beliefs. In order to get to a point where we actually believe it, we looked at Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to look at that just very quickly today. Last time we got into, began talking about how to hear the voice of God, but before we did that, we answered the question, why do we need to hear? And we went back and we looked at the passage in Judges where it says, at that time they had no king, there was no one hearing God, and so everybody did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And the chaos that began happening in the nation of Israel when they did that. I want to tell you what you already know. We live in a day when we walk outside this building that the vast, vast majority of people are doing what they think is totally fine in their own eyes. They're not hearing. They're not inquiring. They're not waiting on the voice of God. They're not getting direction apart from their own logic and experience and background and education. They're doing what is right in their own eyes and our nation is affected by it our world is being affected by it. I just want to say to you really clearly, you and I, as we inquire of the Lord and hear the voice of God telling us and directing us what to do in this world, we are going to appear different. Can I tell you, we will appear alien. When everybody else is moving this direction and we choose not to, they're going to look and go, what is wrong with you? Everybody is doing this. What is wrong with you? When everybody is getting this shot and we choose not to get it, when everybody is spending their money here and we choose not to spend it, when everyone is drinking this and we heard the voice that said, don't drink that, we're going to appear different. I want to tell you what you already know. It has been all down through time since Jesus was here, but one of the statements Jesus made is in the latter days, there are going to be those who rise up, even with miraculous powers, they will have an appearance of anointing on them. They are going to be speaking words that, unless we are hearing from the Lord, will literally seduce believers. They will believe and they will follow a wrong shepherd unless they hear and go, wrong voice. Thank you. I want to tell you, 
incredibly clearly that as these days progress, and I believe we're there now, unless we know and identify and hear the voice, we will be led. We will be seduced. We will be deceived. We will follow a wrong voice. I wish I could tell you today that in the Church of Jesus Christ, everybody is following the voice of the Holy Spirit. The reality is, there are wrong voices that are speaking, and there are piles that are following already. Piles. I believe the only antidote is to recognize the voice of the shepherd, know it's him, hear the voice of the enemy, and run. It says, run from that voice. Unless we hear, we will fall. Last week we began by looking at, out of Hebrews chapter 1, it said in the last days God spoke in many and various ways. We began by looking at four of them. We're going to carry on and finish those today. I just want to tell you that some of the ways that God spoke in the past before Jesus and the Holy Spirit are still being used today. Can I ask you a question? Are there prophets today that God is speaking to? They are prophesying and God is using them to speak out his voice and people are going, that's a credible prophet. That would be God speaking. I need to hear it. Is that still happening? Absolutely. I just listened to a teaching this past week by someone who made a statement and said, the day of the prophet is over. There are no longer any prophets. There are no longer any apostles. There are no longer those who are hearing from the Lord and speaking and declaring the Lord's voice. Can I just say to you, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that it was God's will for prophets to hear and people not hear, but I do believe that he is still speaking to prophets and they are identifying and declaring things that we need to pick up on. And I do believe his word that says, when you hear the voice of the prophet and you believe it, there will be a blessing. What I do want to say to you is be discerning as to who those prophets are. We know there are false prophets. I thought, wouldn't it be amazing? I would love this sometime. I won't do it, but wouldn't it be awesome if I brought 10 prophets into the church one Sunday, had them all come up and share And after they all shared a bit, I gave you a piece of paper and I said to you, I would like you now to identify the false ones and the true ones. Would you identify, write them on a piece of paper, and then we're going to go through. How secure would you be that you could discern and identify the false from the true? I believe we have to. I believe we have to be at a place when people are speaking eloquently, speaking in God's name. And can I just say, there are churches today that have pastors who are at the front speaking in God's name who are false teachers. Could you identify it? We need to. There's only one way to do it. So God is still speaking through prophets. Can I ask you a question? Is he still speaking through the audible voice? Absolutely. I told you last week, I have never heard the audible voice of God. I don't even look for it. I don't go, whoa, if I could just hear it, I think things would be sealed. 
I, I'm totally fine getting to heaven and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in me. I don't need to hear the audible voice. But I'll tell you, some of you have heard it. In these latter days, I believe some of us will still hear it. I believe there's going to be more who hear it. But that's not his number one way. Is God still speaking through creation? Absolutely. Did last night. Did this morning. Is going to tomorrow. Is he still using the Urim and the Thummimim? No. Okay, let's just get that straight. Did you like how I said it, by the way? I've been practicing all week just for this moment. But I want to tell you again, I want to tell you again, I believe it's in our lifetime that we are going to see not being used because I believe we'll be gone before that temple is built and gone before the priest puts it on, but that ephod is already in place the Urim and the Thummimim are already in place on the ephod. The people who are left behind are going to see the Jewish priest using the Urim and the Thummimim again to hear God's direction. I don't believe you and I will. I believe the true church is going to be gone before that happens. We're going to watch it from the top, but the earth, the earth will still experience it. Let's carry on. Number five. Would you write down, write down Logos word? They're going to be up on the screen. Write down Logos word. Just want you to write down 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 10. 2 Kings 22, verse 10. This is the account of Josiah. And I want to just make this clear again. There are some people who go, the Old Testament no longer applies after Jesus. The Old Testament is no longer needed, just need the New Testament. I don't believe that at all. I believe when Scripture says all Scripture is inspired by God, I believe that when Jesus was on earth, he didn't have the New Testament to quote. What did he quote all the time? He quoted the Old Testament. He quoted the Torah. So when Jesus is using Scripture... I believe he was using it because we can still use it. And here's the amazing thing. Do you remember after the resurrection, he was walking on the Emmaus Road and beginning in the book of Genesis, he identified how it talked about the Messiah coming through every book of the Bible. The two disciples were absolutely overwhelmed by his teaching. 2 Kings. Josiah, the young king that comes into power, one day he instructed his priest, would you go and would you get the scrolls? Actually, they found the scrolls. They came to him and said, we found the scrolls in the temple. We we're digging through. He said, could you read them? They opened up the scrolls and he began to read the Old Testament scrolls. What was Josiah's response? Do you remember? Who knows? Dean. Torah's clothes. When he heard the, the scrolls being written or read, when he heard the Logos word, the written word, God spoke to him. He tore his clothes. He called the nation into repentance going, we have sinned. We have wandered so far from what God called us to do. And as a result of that, the nation was turned. Josiah became one of the kings in the Old Testament who followed after God with all of his heart. I want to tell you today, we all know it. 
This is the Logos Word. This is the written Word. If I was the enemy, I would use every power that I had to make sure that you never crack this open. To make sure that you don't read it. To make sure that you don't study it. To make sure you don't understand it. I would make sure that you would watch movies. I would make sure that you are a gamer. I would make sure that you have a massive amount of hobbies. I would make sure you would read romance novels. I would make sure you could read anything else, including Harley Davidson bikes, books on bikes. Anything. Because God goes, my Logos word is living. It's alive. It'll speak to you. It'll jump out. It'll grab your heart. It'll transform your mind. You will hear the voice of God coming out of this book because it's not like any other book. The Logos word is the word of God and the spirit causes it to speak. One of the uh, messages I spoke in Africa was out of Psalm 119 where David made the statement, he goes, oh, how I love your law. Oh, how I love your word. Can I say to you as a young believer, when I began reading through and I got to that point, I began praying, Father, would you give me a love for your word? We spend time with what we love. If you're at a point where you struggle being in the word, if you're at a point where you struggle reading, if you're at a point where it's like I'm not even drawn to it, would you just pray a prayer and say, Father, would you plant inside of me a love for your word? Because even if I can't hear in any other way, your Logos word is going to speak to my spirit man. It is the food that is going to strengthen my spirit man. I'm not even going to ask you if you have ever gone through seasons of your life where you just went dry. It's like I just have no desire. I I can't read, and when I read, I don't understand. The truth is, we've all been through that. We've all had times where it was a battle to get into the Word. But I want to tell you, it is spiritual warfare that keeps us out of it because God speaks through His Logos Word. Would you write down number six? Would you write down donkey? Would you write down donkey? Numbers chapter 22, verse 27. Just write it down. Numbers 22, verse 27. We know the story. Can I just say to you again that God will get incredibly creative. God will break all of human rules in order to get your attention. We know the story of Balaam who was going to go and curse the nation of Israel. Balak, King Balak came and he was going to pay him. First of all, he goes, no, I can't say anything. Later on, he agreed. He's going. We know the story. An angel showed up on the road. The donkey saw the angel, veered off to the side. Then... Another angel shows up and he pushes off and he rubs Balaam's leg against the rock and scrapes it. And Balaam gets off and beats his donkey. And then he goes along a little farther and he sees the angel right in the middle of the road and the donkey lays down. Balaam gets off and beats his donkey. And I think God looked and went, I am tired of this man beating a donkey. Let's get his attention. And Shrek turned his head. Donkey! 
Did you know Shrek is biblical? Did you, did you know that? But what I want you to get is what lengths God will go to to speak to his people who are not hearing his voice. The donkey turns, opens his mouth, and begins speaking to Balaam. Do you think it got Balaam's attention? And I'll tell you, when the donkey spoke to Balaam, Balaam heard the voice of God, and he asked the donkey to forgive him. (laughs) Repentance came from the voice through the donkey. I want to say this. My prayer is that God will never have to use a cow to speak to me. My prayer is that my heart would not be so hardened that he'll have to go to a supernatural length in order to speak. But what I want to hear, what I want you to hear is God will do whatever he has to do to get your attention. Whether it's a donkey or a dog or a parrot or whatever it's going to be, he will break every rule so that you hear his voice. Have you ever asked the question, why is that story in the Bible? I believe that story is there simply to show God's persistence and his love to get through when someone won't hear him. Would you write down number seven? Would you write down regular people? Regular people. Would you write down 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 1? 2 Kings 5, beginning at verse 1 and going on. We know the story. Naaman was the commander of a foreign army, and he had leprosy. There was none that could heal him. But in his house, he had a young girl that had been taken from the nation of Israel. She was now his slave working in the house a young girl was in there when Nahum got leprosy and he was sick and there was nothing else that would heal. This young girl went to her owner, the lady, and said, if only my master would go to Israel, there is a prophet who could heal him. I'm talking about a pagan army commander. I'm talking about a pagan wife of an army commander. I'm talking about a young slave girl that opened her mouth and said, if only my master would go. We know the story. He listened to the voice of the young girl. He went and he found the prophet. The prophet felt, what? Actually, he went to the king and the king was like, what? They're telling you that I'm going to heal you? And he was terrified. He actually sent him to the prophet. And the prophet told him to do what? Go wash, dip seven times. He got ticked off. He goes, why can't he choose one of our nice rivers? Why can't he choose a body of water? Why do I have to do, do a, a dirty slew water from Israel? And then Nahum's servant said, if he asked you to do a hard thing, you would do it. This is an easy thing. Just go dip in the dirty water. But what I want you to hear is God used a little girl to speak to an army commander, and he listened, and he was healed. Can I just say, there are times we write off regular people. There's times we write off children. There's times we write off older people. There's times we write off when somebody comes and they give a word. They give a word. 
They're not even saying, thus saith the Lord. They're not saying that. They give a word. Can I just say to you, I want you to be open for the possibility that God will speak to you through somebody you least expect it from. It's not always going to be your pastor. It's not always going to be the prophet. Sometime it's going to be the five-year-old little girl that comes down from kids' church. She comes down and she speaks a word, a revelation, and you capture that word and that word touches your heart and you heard the voice of God through that little girl. Does God still use people today? Regular people? You bet he does. And can I just say this? God is wanting to speak through you into the lives of countless people. I think one of the greatest joys I have, I had it this week. Can I just tell you really quick? I went into the vacuum place in Camrose. How many of you have been into that vacuum store in Main Street? I went into the vacuum place. I kind of gotten to know him over a little period of time. But I walked in, took the vacuum. We started talking. I ended up coming out 25 minutes later. But we began talking about this fellow's life, about his past life, about some of the things that are happening, changes going on. By the time I was ready to walk out, I said, you know, I, I just, I, I said, I got to go. I got stuff to do. I got to go. He looks at me. He says, I love talking to you. He says, I just love what comes out of your mouth. He goes, every time you're in here, he goes, I just feel just something rising up inside of me. And I'm, I'm not shy. I tell him. He knows I'm a pastor. I believe every time we, I go in there and he, walk, he knows he's hearing God through me. It's stirring him. One of his wives was Baha'i. One of them was Mormon. One of them was Jehovah Witness. I could just go on. I love walking out going, God, thank you for using my voice, for speaking through me. If you can do it with a donkey, you can do it with Colin. And I hear that from so many of you all week long. God opens up a door, you open your mouth, and God speaks to that person through you. God spoke through you. What an incredible blessing. Be open for people to speak to you. And be open for God to use you to speak to them. Would you write down number eight? Would you write down wise counsel? Wise counsel. Just write down Exodus chapter 18, verse 15. We know this story. When the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, Moses would sit and every day the Israelites who had issues or they had problems, they would come to Moses and they would say, Moses, here's the issue. God would speak to Moses. Moses would tell the people, this is what God says. They would take it as from God. They would go and do it. Do you remember Moses' father-in-law came to see him? What was his name? Jethro. Moses' wife's father came to see him one day. Recognized that Moses was out there from morning until night. Lineups of people, hundreds of people wanting to see Moses and hear the voice of God. He says, Moses, i got some counsel for you. Why don't you choose some wise people around you? Pray over them and let them begin. Let God speak through them so that you don't wear yourself out. He goes, great idea. 
He chose people, anointed them. They sat in the place. People came, asked the wise counsel, heard from God, spoke to them. Moses realized, it's not just me. Can I say to you, in all of our lives, we need to have one or two or three people that we go to who are wise counsel when we're going through difficult times, when we're not hearing, when we are struggling, when we are in a valley, when it seems like things are quiet, when it's like it's all foggy and I don't know, when 15 different voices are coming our direction. We need to have two or three wise counsel we go to and say, here's the deal. Would you inquire of the Lord for me? Would you come back and tell me? I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to think, who's the wise counsel in your life? Who are the people who at times hear more clearly than you? And I want to say this as well. We all need wise counsel at times. The truth is, there are a number of you in here who are the wise counsel. There are some of you in here that when people are going through things, they find you. They phone you. They ask you. Because they believe and they know that you inquire of the Lord. You hear and you go back to them and say, this is what I'm getting. I want you to take it to the Lord. Don't do it because I'm saying, but I'm taking and I'm giving you what God has given to me. You take that wise counsel, the one or two or three of them, you go to the Lord, and God uses that to give you clear direction in the midst of your fog. What does Proverbs say? When you're going into battle, when you are surrounded by wise counsel, you're likely to succeed. If you're going into an issue and you are your only counsel, you are the only one you rely on, you're the only one that you are thinking up here going, well, this is what I think is best, and you go with it, likely to be defeated. I'll tell you one of the seductions of the enemy. He speaks to all of us going, I don't need to ask anybody else. I am flipping smart. I can decide this on my own. I've got experience. I've got education. Can I just say in Jesus' name, there's not one of us in here who is as smart as we think we are. And even if we are smart, even if we have wisdom, even if God speaks and we hear his voice, to go to someone and say, this is what I'm getting, wise counsel comes back and goes, I want you to pray about this. I think you're off in this area. The name Gordon MacDonald should mean something to you. Gordon MacDonald was a well-known author a number of years ago. Gordon MacDonald was a pastor of a large church. Gordon MacDonald fell away and had a number of affairs. After Gordon MacDonald was restored and his wife, he and his wife were restored, Gordon MacDonald wrote another book and he says, one of the things that the enemy used in my life, he said, I began to remove accountability and counsel from my life. I got to a place where I was my only counsel and in that place I was easily moved into where I should have never been. If you are a Lone Ranger male and you're a Lone Ranger female and you no longer allow people to speak into your life, you no longer have rumble strips in your life so when you begin to veer off, all of a sudden they're shaking I prayed years ago, God, give me rumble strips. 
If I will listen to the rumble strip, I won't hit the ditch. If I have wise counsel around me and they see me moving off in a wrong direction and I'm open to hear them, I will not hit the ditch. I will not smash into the other lane. I will not hit the tree and be broken apart. Some of you need rumble strips. Some of you need wise counsel. Some of you need humility because you are the smartest person that you know. If you don't have wise counsel, I would encourage you to put it on your prayer list. God, would you begin showing me two or three people in my life that I can go to who you can speak through into my life and help me clarify, help me see things that I don't see. Put it on your prayer list. Would you write down number nine? Would you write down dreams? We could look at a whole pile of these in Scripture. We talked a little bit about last week. I'd just like you to write down Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Talking about Joseph. God gave Joseph dreams. Didn't totally understand it until he was at the right hand of Pharaoh and God used him to save the nation of Israel, bring all of his 70 family, and we know the whole story. But God has used dreams inside of his children all down through time. God is still using dreams. I want to say I appreciate so many of you who heard the dream. Jane shared it last week and have waited on God and come back and shared things about that dream. In these days, I want to tell you, God is pouring out more dreams. God is pouring out more dreams in the lives of his children. Why? When we're unconscious and sleeping, he can speak. Yesterday at men's group, we had a young man who was there who shared a dream that he had the night before that God gave him. I want to tell you, it was absolutely powerful. Powerful. For him. But for us. And as we talked about last week, when you get a dream, you write it down. Wake up, write it down in detail. Write it down in order. Write it down. I don't know last week if you observed when Jane shared and I asked the question, I said, how many of you in here know that when a dream is shared, God just begins speaking to you and you have some interpretation of a dream? Did you see how many hands went up in here last week? It was amazing. That's a Joseph anointing. When Pharaoh had the dream and all of his wise men couldn't do it, they went and got Joseph. We know he interpreted the dream. I'll tell you, when you get a dream and you don't know, you begin to share it. You ask, who, who, God, do I go to? Who has that gift? God is speaking to you through dreams. And write down, number 10, just write down visions. What is the difference, really quickly, between a dream and a vision? A dream, you are sleeping. A vision, you are awake. That is the difference. You are awake when you have a vision. Many of you in this place have had visions. You are awake. God opens up and you see, you see an image. You see a picture. You see it is a vision. You're totally awake. And yet it's absolutely crystal clear. 
the book of Joel, we talked last week, it says what? In the last days, God is going to pour out His Spirit on all. Dreams. Visions. And let me say it again. When did the last days begin? When did they begin? As soon as Jesus left, the last days began. So for this 2,000 years, and I'll tell you, in these latter days that we are in, dreams and visions are going to be a part of how God speaks to his people over and over. We could go through. Abraham had a vision. Isaiah had a vision. Ezekiel had a vision. We could just go on and on. God is still using that today. Would you write down number 11? Would you write down angels? I'll just give you one example. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Judges chapter 6. Anybody know what this is about? Judges 6. Where did you go to Sunday school? I'll give you the name Gideon. Gideon was hiding out in the wine press. The Israelites were oppressed. He was hiding out. He was in the wine press threshing his grain. All of a sudden, who shows up? An angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon, speaks to him and says, Gideon, mighty man of God. We could go through the whole story. Can I just... I hesitate, but can I ask you, how many of you know that you have seen an angel with your literal eyes? How many of you have seen an angel with your literal eyes? Yes. How many of you have seen angels with your spiritual eyes? You've seen angels' spiritual eyes? Yes. How many of you have had an angel speak to you? Yes. I got to tell you one funny story. When I was in college, I was in choir, met a, met a young lady who was in the choir. We uh, ended up getting to know each other a little bit. Uh, we went out for coffee one day, and at the end of the coffee, she asked me a question. She goes, can I just ask you? She goes, are you a real person or are you an angel? That's the only time I've ever been asked that. And I said, why do you ask? She goes, every time we talk, she goes, I get such a profound sense of the presence of God. She goes, I have been thinking about this over the last number of weeks. She goes, I just had to ask if you were actually real. I didn't marry her, by the way. I married someone else. Some of you know that there is an angel assigned to every church. I become more and more aware that we have an angel. Solid Rock has an angel that's been assigned to this church, an angel to every church. You hear me pray it every Sunday, a releasing. We, as sons and daughters of God, have the authority to command angels. We release the angels to accomplish. Somebody had a vision not that long ago of angels that were sitting there with their hands in their pocket, just waiting. Somebody went up to them and said, what are you doing? They're going, we're waiting to be released. We have a pile to do, but we are waiting to be released to accomplish what we have been sent here to do. We're waiting. Somebody release us. I believe if our eyes were opened up, all of us would have been very aware that there has been angels around us, surrounding us, protecting us, ministering to us, They have been there our entire life. They are still there. They're going to be to the end. 
But God has used angels to literally show up and speak to people. New Testament, Zechariah, he's in the temple, Elizabeth's husband. An angel of the Lord shows up in the Holy Holy, speaks to him. He doesn't believe him. He goes silent. We know the story. An angel showed up with Mary. We know the story. I don't think we are aware as angels as much as we should be. I don't think we use them or command them the way we should. Can I just give you one really cool one? We're not going to be here for this. The Bible says at the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be 144,000 Israelites who get saved. They're going to go over the whole earth and evangelize. We won't be here, right? But they're going to go evangelize. It also says that there is going to be an angel of the Lord that goes and evangelizes around the world. There'll be an angel who evangelizes. People will hear the angel speaking the message of God, angelic speaking the message of God to get their attention, to call them to repentance before the final judgment. Can I just ask you, if an angel showed up in your bedroom and identified himself as an angel and talked to you about God, do you think you might repent right there after going to the bathroom? I want to say this, be open for it. Be open for it. I believe as we enter these days, I believe we're going to see more. I believe we're going to hear more. But if God has to use an angel, he will. Would you write down number 12? Would you write down still small voice? We know the story. Elijah, after Jezebel said, I'm going to get you, he just finished killing all the prophets of Baal. He ran, he hid, he wanted to die. Forty days he went on the food the ravens gave him. First Kings chapter 19. Would you write it down? First Kings 19 verse 11. He's in the cave. What happens? The earthquake. No, God's not in it. The fire. God's not in it. The storm. God's not in it. All of a sudden, the still small voice. Elijah hears the still small voice. We're going to talk about the still small voice in weeks coming. But I do want to say to you, that God most times does not thunder, most times does not holler, most times is not angry, is never accusing, is never condemning, a still small voice. We'll do more on that one. Would you write down number 13? Would you write down face to face? Face-to-face. Zach, could I just have you go and crank that heat down just a tad? Would you write down Exodus chapter 33? Exodus 33, 11. Who was the person that God spoke face-to-face in the Old Testament with? Moses, we know that. Who in the New Testament did God speak face-to-face with? Trick question. Everybody who spoke to Jesus spoke to God face-to-face. But we know in the Old Testament, God would meet with Moses. Moses would go in. The Bible says he spoke to him as a man speaks to a man face to face. What is the beautiful trademark when Moses came out? What was the trademark? The glory. The glory. In fact, Moses had to wear a bag over his head because they could not handle the glory that came off him having met with God. 
Oh, I'd like to spend more on that, but we won't. Would you write down number 14? Supernatural manifestation. Supernatural manifestation. Again, we're talking about the donkey, but I want you to think of it. When Moses heard God and was called back to Egypt, how did God speak to him? Through a burning bush that did not consume. When we took the trip to Israel, we went to Egypt, we climbed Mount Sinai, we had the opportunity to go and to see the burning bush. I doubt it, but they told us it was it. What did God use? He lit a bush on fire. Moses goes up. God speaks to him through the burning bush. A supernatural manifestation. Would you write down fleece? Fleece? Who used the fleece? Gideon. We know the story. He said, God, I'm not sure that the angel was telling me the truth. I need to test this out. I'm going to put something on the ground, a sheepskin on the ground, make everything wet, but make the sheepskin, the fleece dry. Woke up and the fleece was dry, the ground was wet. He goes, I'm still not convinced, God. He goes, tomorrow, do the opposite. Make the fleece wet and everything else dry around it. He wakes up in the morning, the fleece is soaked and the ground is dry. He goes, okay, I believe you spoke to me. Can I just say this to you? God, I don't believe, ever wants to use a fleece because he wants to speak into our spirit through his spirit But there are so many of us, we go, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure that was him. I need to have proof. And so we throw out a fleece. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever put out a fleece and go, God, this is you. I need this to happen. I need somebody to phone me. If this is you, I need need this to happen here. I need to hear it on the radio while I'm driving between here and St. Albert. Most all of us have used a fleece. God still uses it today. But let me say again, I don't believe that is his number one choice. He will do it. But his number one is for us to hear his voice, and we'll get to that later. Would you write down number 15, worship? Only got three more to go. Worship. Can I ask you a question this morning? How many of you in worship this morning, how many of you sense the presence of God, first of all? How many of you sense? In worship this morning, how many of you, either through the song or the Holy Spirit, actually, God spoke to you in worship this morning? How many of you? Yeah. Worship is a powerful means of God speaking to us. David went out and refreshed himself. How did David do it? 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. We can look at worship all through. Samuel went, or David went out, he refreshed himself, he worshiped, and in the worship, God spoke to him, refreshed him, came back with a boldness, and they went back and got all of their belongings, wife and children. Could I just encourage you in church? Could I encourage you at home? Could I encourage you in your vehicle when the Holy Spirit prompts you to put worship on? Would you just pray a prayer and say, Father, through this worship, would you speak to me? Would you minister to me? Yesterday in men's group, for those of the men who were there, you know this, but we had a fellow visiting from Saskatchewan, and he was sharing at the end of our men's group time, and he opened up a book, and he goes, you know, during my, during my quiet time, he just, I opened my songbook, and he says, I, I was just going through and worshiping here, and God just leapt out and spoke to me, and 
we stopped for a minute and just said, did you hear what he said? This man has a songbook, and in his devotional time, he worships, he sings the songs, and God speaks to him. I'll, I'll tell you, how many of us have woken up at night and our spirit has been singing and God is just ministering? He's speaking. I'll never forget James. He's in Singapore or Malaysia right now. The day after his brother was killed, he came to men's group. I wouldn't have. He did. He comes to men's group. He shows up in the morning. We take time and pray for him, but he made a statement. He said, I turned my radio on, was listening to worship music on the way in. He goes, there is this one song. He goes, God just spoke to me through that song. I believe worship is one of those weapons that we have hanging on our wall like a plaque and we almost never take down as a spiritual weapon, as a way to hear the voice of God. It's like the dusty Bible. Take it off. Shake it off. Use it. Use it. Would you write down number 16? Would you write down parents? Does God use parents to speak the voice of God to us? Absolutely. In the healthiest of homes, God designed it that in the healthiest of homes that parents would be the voice of God into their child's life until the child is raised up to hear the voice of God on their own. You heard me talk about that before, that in our home, I didn't do it perfectly, but when my kids would come and they would say, Dad, can we do this? Can I do this? And I would say, what the Lord tell you? Go back. Ask the Lord. My kids would say, Dad, you hear more clearly than I do. I'd say, that's true, but I want you to go back. I want you to hear. I want you to begin to learn. Then you come back, I'll come back, and we'll compare. I wish I'd have done that more with our kids. Began doing it. It's not my job to always speak to my children on behalf of God. It's my job to train my children to hear the voice of God for themselves. But there comes a time when they're born until that time God wants to speak through me. I'll never forget Craig Hill made a statement. When we did Ancient Paths, a number of you did that. Craig Hill made a statement and said, it is God's design to speak through children, through his parents, but it is the enemy's design to use parents as his agent to speak death, to speak lies, to speak unhealth into his children, into their children, with the authority of a parent, and they believe it to be true. It's not just God who speaks through parents. It is also the enemy who speaks through parents. And piles of us, when we grew up, we had to undo what our parents taught us because it was not true. We had to get to a point where we heard the voice of God instead of the voice of the parent speaking into our mind because what they gave us was not true. It was dysfunctional. It was lies. It was unhealthy. It crippled us spiritually. It crippled us emotionally. It crippled our self-worth. But God is going, a parent is to be the conduit of God to speak truth and life into a child's life. Exodus, would you write it down? Sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Just write it down, look it up later. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 to 9. Last one I want to give you today. Would you write down ceremony? Write down Exodus chapter 12, verse 17. Exodus 12, verse 17. After the Israelites 
were delivered from Egypt. In fact, right before they were delivered, God said, there's going to be a Passover. We know all about the Passover. Kill the lamb, don't break its bone, take its blood, put it on the doorpost, take unleavened bread. After they left, he said, I want you to do this every year. Every year. I want you to keep the Passover every year. When you keep the Passover, I want you to go through. I want you to tell the story. I want you to ask the question. I want you to go over and over and over every time you do it. He goes, I'm going to speak through the Passover and remind you of what I did in delivering the people from Egypt. Can I ask you what was the last thing Jesus did before he went to the cross? Celebrate the Passover. 2,500 years after the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, Jesus, on earth, celebrated the Passover with his disciples. Why? Because God was speaking through that ceremony over and over and over. Don't forget. Be reminded what I've done. And what did Jesus do? In that meal, celebrating the Passover, in one short moment, he took the Passover, he flipped it completely and said, It is no longer the Passover. From now on, it is communion that you celebrate until I come back again. I will speak to you through communion. Every time you take it, I will speak to you. I want to tell you over the new year when Jane and I were gone for the week, I read a number of books. One of them was a book on communion by Joseph Prince. Jane had read it earlier. She said, Call, this is a book I'd like you to read. I read through the book on communion after I finished. Jane and I talked, and we made a commitment to celebrate communion together as husband and wife every day. Every day. We are receiving communion in a way that we probably have never before. We are allowing God to speak to us to communion maybe like never before. We are recognizing the power of taking the body and blood of our Lord like never before. I've understood communion before. Any of you that have had me in your home to pray and deliver and cleanse your home, you know at the end of it, we always have communion. Anytime we go into a place where there has been death, where there has been suicide, where there has been anything, we go in, we have communion because it has the power to break things. And the spiritual realm has the power to break things. God gave us a ceremony. And he said, until I return... I want you to partake of my body. I want you to take my blood. And every time you do it, he goes, I want to speak to you what I did on the cross of Calvary. I want to speak to you of the demonstration of my love for you. I want to speak to you what I broke and purchased for you. Worship team, would you come? If I were to take more time, I could say to you, tell me how God has spoken to you. We could spend all afternoon and we could just come up with all kinds of ways that God is speaking. I got to tell you this past week, how many of you are reading the one-year Bible this year? How many of you are reading it? Yep, if you're not, I encourage you to pick one up and go through it systematically every year. Every time I read it, I'll tell you, there's things in there I haven't read before. I just got stuck again reading when God delivered the Israelites and he said, I'm going to give you the cloud by day. I'm going to give you the fire by night. I got stuck to the point where the Bible said this. It said, when they put the tabernacle, they built the tabernacle, it said the cloud would come over the tabernacle, and as long as it remained on the tabernacle, the Israelites stayed camped where they were. As soon as the cloud lifted, the Israelites would pack up, and they would follow the cloud to where they go. Isn't it amazing that God spoke to them through the cloud, through the fire, and said, 
When I remain, you remain. When I get up and go, it's time to go. For 40 years, for 40 years, he led them and spoke to them with a cloud and fire. I want to tell you, I think there's a pile of believers who would still rather have a cloud and fire today. They would love to have the cloud going, I just got to watch this. When it lifts, I'll follow it. If it stops, then I'll... We'd love to be directed by that. Can I tell you, though? His idea was to put the cloud and the fire inside of us. And we're going to talk about that. The Holy Spirit on the inside. Would you pack up your books and get your hands free? We're going to receive communion right away here. Zach, if you would begin with that one song again. Would you bow with me this morning? Father, the cry of your heart has always been and still is today. For your children to hear your voice with clarity. I thank you for the unusual measures you went to all down through time to make sure that those who needed to hear could hear. But I thank you in that upper room that night as you faithfully celebrated the Passover which had been done for thousands of years, God, you speaking in to your children the great deliverance I thank you, Jesus, that on that night you shifted everything. I thank you that you took one of the four cups and you blessed it. And you changed its meaning forever. You said, from now on, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is going to be poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you drink it, do so remembering. And then he took some of the unleavened bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Broken for you. As often as you eat it, do so. Today as we come and as we partake of his body and blood, I invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to remind you. This is something that we have taken for some of us our entire Christian life, and yet every time we take it, it's fresh, it's new, it's alive. Father speaking through the body and blood of our Lord going, I love you. Look how much I love you. The Father speaking, the broken body of my Son, which took all my wrath, all the judgment, all the penalty, purchased your healing, purchased your deliverance, has broken every curse off of your life.
the blood as you drink it. The blood that was absolutely clean and absolutely holy. is the only price to pay for your and my sin. And as you receive his blood, Father speaks to you and says, I have made you holy. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ. You are clean. This morning I invite you to quietly take a moment as you prepare your heart to come and receive. Would you allow the Spirit of God to speak to you This morning, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come. Partake of his body and blood. And as you come, allow him to speak to you again of his great life, great love for you. The cup that he drank for you. If you're here today and you don't know that you are in right relationship with the Lord, I would invite you to remain in your seat. And during this time, just quietly ask him what it is he would desire in relationship with you. Come now, for all is ready. Would you stand with me and receive the blessing of the Lord? May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which speaks to us, may it strengthen you. May it keep you. And may it remind you of the greatest love that we will ever know. The Lord bless you today and keep you. The Lord cause his beautiful face to shine on you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and fill you with his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you richly this week. Discover the beautiful creative ways God will be speaking to you all the time.